Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, it's Gary here from Spark of Rebellion, and we would love for you to listen to all of our brand new episodes when they land every single Saturday. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app of choice or pop over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and come and join our other patrons. And thank you so much for your continued support. Now, may the force be with you and on to this week's Spark of Rebellion. Hello there. We would be honoured if you would join us. What is going on? Welcome to Spark of Rebellion, your weekly Star Wars podcast from a galaxy far, far away. Or this week, we can call it Mark of Rebellion because Gaz is on holiday, resting, recuperating and otherwise just chilling the funk out on a well-deserved break. So I'm here flying solo today and I'm going to talk about, really, where should Star Wars go next on the big Screen. It's something that, you know, I'm, I'm quite interested in this. I, I, I'm not a guy that, um, frankly, enjoys doing the news on my own. Like, I like to kind of back, back and forth with Gaz uh, on the news. So I'm, I'm not really very good at kind of just listing news out because I, I need that back and forth. I uh, I much prefer that kind of, uh, that more discussion perspective when it comes to the news. So I'm not going to give you the news today. There's plenty to go through next week for Gaz and I, of course. But I'm going to talk about Star Wars on the big screen <clears throat> and really where I think, personally, I'd like to see it go. Now, that's not to say I'm right. It's not to say I'm wrong, but I'm certainly... Not doomcocking anyone, all right? I am not doomcocking anyone, and that is a fact, all right? That is a promise. Now, of course, before I get to that, just a few things that I'm going to mention. Number one, because I'm flying solo, because this is Marker Rebellion, I um, I don't know how long I'm going to run for. That's, you know, I don't know. You know me. I always say that, and then I end up doing like half an hour just non-stop talking, but I don't know. It might be 10 minutes. might be 20. might be 30. Might be 60, probably not 60. That is ridiculous, actually, because I need a brew. But we'll see where we end up. And, of course, I need to give a shout-out. Number one, to the people who support us over on Patreon. People like Tom and Sean and Pascal and Denise and all the other wonderful patrons that we have over on our Patreon. And uh, all it is, they chuck a quid or two um, into the Patreon pot every single month, and we let it mount up, let it mount up. And we reinvest it back into the show, so you know we'll uh, we'll get other merchandise, and we'll 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 reinvest in microphones or equipment, and so on. So it basically just goes to helping the show. We don't really profit from it. It's it's not about that. It's just about supporting this podcast because it's a labour of love. So if you want to join the team over on Patreon, get yourself some merch. Gaz is working on some stickers. He says he's been working on them for years since before this podcast was even around. I believe him. I do believe him. He's very trustworthy. So you can get your hands on some of that swag over at sparkrebellion.com slash Patreon. And if you want to discuss when do you think the Star Wars movies should go next, let me know on Twitter, sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Twitter. Or as my mum would say, the Twitter. Not true. Not true. Sparkrebellion.com slash Twitter. So Star Wars on film. What an interesting ride. <clears throat> you know, A New Hope just surpassed and exceeded all expectations and uh, obviously became that worldwide phenomenon in, in, in the late 70s. And it started what we know today as the, 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 the Star Wars franchise, you know, and, 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 and for, all that, 
for all that Disney says that it's done with the Skywalkers and the saga, we you know we saw last week as Gaz and I discussed about the new book, Secrets of the Sith or whatever it was called. They're not, are they? They're not done. And then bring back the Empire days, bring back Return of the Jedi. You know what? 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 Many classes the peak of Star Wars Empire in particular. I think holds a, a beautiful spot in many people's hearts. Has, has been the finest example of a Star Wars film ever to uh, to make it onto the acetone. But you know, Return of the Jedi. Say what you will about it. It closed off an original trilogy that was very very well thought of. It's not the best of the three. Of course, we know that. But it's certainly not as divisive as some of the other movies. You know, fast forward 18, 17, 18, 20 years up to 1999 through to 02 and 05, the prequel era, the big evolution and revolution of green screen. And, you know, for better or for worse, a very, <clears throat> excuse me, convoluted and, 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 and very um, in-depth story. Very slow, very political style story. Yet, in my mind, certainly in the new canon, the era that is the richest when it comes to exploration. You know, because there were so many machinations going on then. There was, you know, there was the Clone Wars. There was the, you know, what's what's Dooku's motives? What Ventress? You've got all these amazing supporting characters. Of course, you've got the machinations of of, of Palpatine. You've got Anakin's fall from grace. You've got Obi-Wan doing his thing. You've got the hubris of the Jedi Order. It's such a rich tapestry of storytelling. And, that you know, granted, the execution of the prequels wasn't as it, could have been, you know, I think we could have, I think we all agree that it could have been better. Um, but the concept, the notion, is arguably, arguably the richest piece of Star Wars lore, certainly to be to be explored in, 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 the, in the new canon. You know, we've still got a lot left to look at in, in, that, uh, in that time frame. And then obviously you jump forward to the, pre, uh, to the sequels, the sequel trilogy, Force Awakened, Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, which started so strongly. You know, the first the first comeback movie, The Force Awakens, had so much to do. You know, it had to reintroduce Star Wars whilst being faithful. It had to get a new set of people, a new set of generation, two generations on board with Star Wars while still respecting what came before it. Because this wasn't a prequel where you could just have Yoda dotted about. You know, you had to respect Luke, Leia and Han and Lando. And, you know, as we saw in Last Jedi, Yoda... And uh, you, you know, we, and not only that, it was it existed in a time when um, everything else had gone before it. If you think about the prequel era, nothing had come before that in in the movies. You know, the the sequels as 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 they were to those, but the original trilogy, you know, A New Hope, Empire, and Return, they didn't really have to be referenced that much outside of things like Yoda and and and, and Chewie and and obviously bits of Obi Wan. But they didn't have to be self referential too much. They had a bit of a bit of um, a bit of space to breathe, but the sequel trilogy had a whole host of of other challenges to bring. You know, it had to respect what came before it in, in such a way that it tied everything together. And it started so strongly with The Force Awakens, of course. And, you know, despite what you think of, of, of Luke and, 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 and only recently Mark Hamill said that the, the, the leaked spoiler or the leaked um, original concept of The Force Awakens opening with his, his severed hand from Bespin, um, hurtling 
to the ground on a planet, the flesh and the bone being burnt away in the lightsaber, just forcing itself and landing on a planet. You know, regardless of 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 of, of what you thought of Luke and, and, and sadly the lack of, of that scene at the beginning, you know, Luke Skywalker at this point was such a huge character that he would have overshadowed things. I understand why JJ did what he did in that. I'm not mad about The Force Awakens, Luke. Uh, but then what followed The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker um, obviously left a lot to be desired, whether you're a Last Jedi fan or not, whether you're a Rise of Skywalker fan or not. It sort of doesn't matter because one of them went one way, the other one went another way, and it doesn't matter which of them you like. I think it's becoming rarer and rarer and rarer to like both of them. I don't, I certainly, I don't know any Star Wars fans that think they complemented each other, that thought they told a cohesive story. You know, The Force Awakens gave us so much. They gave us such a good villain in it gave us such a good villain in, in Adam Driver's Ben Solo slash Kylo Ren. It gave us such um, a, an amazing reintroduction to, to, to a, a, an existing set of characters, albeit you know reasonably familiar in its in its delivery. But it did so well at re-establishing that we had another essentially what was another six hours of storytelling that we could have we could have done so much more with. And like I said, whether you fall on the line of the Last Jedi being good or bad, or the line of Rise of Skywalker being good or bad, it doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is that there was clearly, number one, no plan, and number two, there was clearly no way of, of resolving everything in a satisfactory manner because it's Disney. And because it's Disney, they have to do certain things. They have to, you know, they've got to deliver box office results, not always in the service of a great story. And I think that's what we saw. You know, it's regardless of what you said. I just read uh, Anthony Daniels, um, I am CPR, Inside, whatever it's called. I forget what it's called, Inside. Inside 3PO, whatever it's called. And uh, it's all right. You know, it's not bad. It's a three star out of five. And, you know, he says that they delivered such a fantastic ending in Rise of the And then you think, well, you know, this from a character that had... So, he, and he complains in the book about not having anything to do in any of the movies apart from probably the OT and in particular A New Hope. You know, he complains about that. And then in Rise of Skywalker, he gets something to do. You know, he gets to translate the Sith language and, 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 and die a hero's death as C-3PO getting wiped. And then R2-D2 restores him. It's like, fucking cop out. You know, so you, even Anthony Daniels for me is 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 delivering. Um, obviously, everything's subjective, everything's opinion, and I wouldn't disagree. Everyone has a valid opinion and a right to that valid opinion. But for me, I think it's I think it's bollocks. <laughs> you know, I think it's I think it's terrible. Um, I think it was a massive cop out, and that's a shame because you see that with the when the when these franchises get bought or when they get, you know, they get a little bit safe, don't they? You know, um, so you kind of got these three distinct eras and then you've got all this. I'm just digging into legends a little bit more. I've, I've, I've read some legends, but I've never really gone too deep into it because, um, I think throughout the time that legends was around, I was much more focused on like DC, um, <clears throat> and much more focused on like reading Stephen King and a few other kind of, uh, authors that I was just exploring the universes. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm working through like um, some of the Thrawn novels, the original Timothy Zahn Thrawn novels in Legends. And, and in my mind, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm that kind of geek. I can separate them. I can say, well, this is one timeline and, and the canon's another timeline. That's how my brain separates them. And I can kind of give that de- clear demarcation between the two. Um, but you got, again, you got such a rich tapestry of stories that have been told. You know, the Mara Jade character, the Thrawn character, the, the, the Yuzan Vong, all, the, all of these different um, interesting characters that are sort of kind of coming back into canon to a degree. You've got the Nihil who represent um, what, I, what I certainly see as, as, as some of the, the, the core tenets of the Yuzan Vong, um, you know, coming through into the new canon now in the High Republic. Um, you've got Thrawn, you've got a you've got all of these uh, the Mandalorian and, and, and 
mean, you've got Solo, all that kind of, you know, with Decker and all of these other people, um, the Paul Bettany character, Dryden Voss, uh, Amelia Car- uh, Clark's uh, character, Kira. And you, so you've got, in canon, you've got all these these kind of opportunities. Like even people like Maz Kanata, who makes an appearance in The High Republic. Obviously, she's in, in the sequel trilogy, just completely underserved after The Force Awakens. Um, so there, there's plenty to go on. All right, is my point. Now, this leaves us with a a bit of a problem because when you look, in my view, at where the movies have been and where they could go, let's think it through, all right? We got Rogue One. That performed well. And it's a great movie. And the prequel book to that is a great prequel. But like that entire tale is good. But it's lynched on the success of A New Hope. You know, without A New Hope, you don't have Rogue One. It would stand alone, but it wouldn't have the impact. It wouldn't have got the Rotten Tomatoes scores or the critics consensus or the fandom because we were so in love with A New Hope and we could see it leading up to that so that's it's almost why in my view like the end of Revenge of the Sith is 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 fascinating and that all fall that whole fall of Anakin is fascinating because we know the end so we've we've got something to hook on to you know um and then you've you know if you think about Solo a Star Wars story granted came out in May it was, uh, there was, there was Chris Lord and what's his name, Phil, what's his name from the Lego movie. Uh, they departed and Ron Howard came in and did a lot of reshoots and whatever. Uh, I know Rogue One was susceptible to that with Gareth Edwards as well. There was, you know, there was a lot of tumult in that production as well, from what I can gather. But the Solo, a Star Wars story, it was released in May, which, you know, none of the um, most recent releases had been in, in summer. You know, with, uh, every December it was, it was um, Saga, and then supposedly a spin-off, then Saga, spin-off, Saga, spin-off. That's what that, if you remember, that was the plan that they announced. So we had Solo, which I wasn't, honestly, the first time I saw it, I was like, well, all right, so I, I, you know, I get why they've done it, I, I, you know, but I'm not that fussed. It's like they may as well just read a Wikipedia page out to me. But then when I went back and watched it and sort of disjointed it from it being a Star Wars Saga story, I sort of enjoyed it. It's an all right little caper. You know, it's a caper. It's like the Ant-Man of... Um, the Star Wars universe for me, you know, it's got that kind of vibe to it, that kind of, uh, that, that levity. Um, but yet again, <clears throat> what was it, what was it focused on? It was focused on a character from the OT and another character from the OT. And, you know, so we've got Chewie, we've got Han. And then the big kicker at the end, obviously, spoiler alert, Darth Maul, the finest character uh, one of the finest characters from the prequel era, um, who'd made his appearance again in, of course, the Clone Wars. So you, you, you always had these things dotted around, all right? So when you say you're done with a Skywalker saga, these things always lynch to it. And then, of course, they announced the Obi-Wan Kenobi movie and a, and a Boba Fett movie, or it, it was rumoured that it was going to be a Boba Fett, but they were going to do non-saga stories in movie, which we know that both of those, plus Andor, um, I don't think Guardians of the New Republic is going to is going to see the light of day, but the Ahsoka stuff, um, what's, what's one of the other spin-offs? Forget Ahsoka, Andor, Obi Wan, um, Mando. I'm sure there's another one because the New Republic one is, is defunct, in my view. Um, you know they they made their way to Disney Plus. You know they 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 have benefited from that long form serial storytelling that you can do over four to eight hours, um, or even longer than that, twelve hours in some cases, and it benefits from that. You know it benefits from that. It benefits from the uh, the lack of pressure. To, to fit a story in, which is what we saw in The Rise of Skywalker and what we saw in, in, in Last Jedi and, and even Force Awakens to a degree. You know, it's, it's easy when you've got the budgets to tell the stories on Disney+. Plus. It's easier to tell those stories because they are cinematic in their quality. There's nothing, you know, you wouldn't look at The Mandalorian and go, wow, pff, you can tell it's TV. You wouldn't. 
And especially because the, the the volume stage that they've got that bit, I don't know what they're calling it these days, but was it the volume before? You know, that big, big, big high res screen that adds all the uh, the backgrounds and the world building. Well, that's a huge innovation for the Mandalorian. Uh, and obviously that can be implemented elsewhere. Uh, we, we know it's in play in, in Obi-Wan because Ewan McGregor's come out and said it. So you... You know, when you say all that and when you start to think about, oh, wait a sec, holy shit, like you could, they can put hundreds of millions or tens of millions. I don't know. You know, I'm not, a, I'm not a budgeter. I'm not a producer, but take a movie budget and put it into six or 10 episodes on Disney plus with this new volume stage. And you know, you can make theoretically more money. It's not going to, it's not going to gross a billion in six months like the big movies will. But the net effect of it across 10 years, you're still going to gross, in my view, and again, I don't know the economics of this, but I would imagine you're still going to gross the same in recurring revenue through Disney Plus and through merchandising and everything else that exists. So it leaves Star Wars in a weird place because we had the Benioff and Weiss trilogy or the film. That's gone. Ryan Johnson was touted at this new trilogy. And, you know, that was even after Rise of Skywalker. And we've not heard a damn thing. Kevin Feige, he's probably the most likely to still be involved because he's, he's got the hooks in at Marvel and he's done a brilliant job with that one. You know, you've got Fav, John Favreau, Dave Filoni. You've got these people sort of on the periphery, but it leaves Star Wars, for me, in this precarious position. And especially when it comes to movies, and I'll tell you why, in my view, movies are more difficult. Movies are more difficult because people want to go to the movies. Now, let me explain. If you've got something on Disney+, Plus, it sort of doesn't matter if it's crap. Now, I'm not saying anything is crap on Disney+, Plus, but it sort of doesn't matter if you watch one episode and it's not for you, because there's thousands of other things you can watch. You just keep scrolling, you press back on your zapper, jump back to the list, you know, and you scroll through. That's it. You know, we do the same elsewhere, Netflix, Prime, whatever. So there's very little consequence because it will have, because, because it's, you know, Disney plus is such a, I don't want to say throw away and sound like that, you know, that asshole, but it is in the, in the, in the grand scheme of buying a car, buying a house, running a family, you know, 15 quid a month is doable and it's throwaway money to entertain your family. All right. So there'll be that many, that many more people that buy Disney plus because they want the Simpsons or the star content. They want, um, the Marvel content, you know, it's nice to have Star Wars, you know, cool. But it's not just Star Wars fans. So there's very little risk. You know, you can make you can make Disney Plus sticky by having 10 different marketing campaigns that target 10 different types of people and you can make your money, all right? Your annual and your monthly recurring. You can make that. But with a movie, you want to go and see a movie. So there's an inherent risk to going to see a movie because if you pay 20 quid, which is what it costs now, let's just be clear on that. One movie ticket costs about the same as a month of Disney Plus. Like, just think about that context, all right? So you bail to the movies, you take your partner, you take your man, you take your woman, you take whatever, the, your family, you take your friends, all right? And there's a, you know, you chucked 100 quid in the film's crap. Fucking hell, what a wasted night. That was shy, wasn't it? Who chose that? I don't know. Yeah, the reviews are all right. So Star Wars on film, and many other films do this. They have to do the job of marketing to so many different people, but in a two-hour or a three-hour window, which essentially means that the variety that Disney Plus has, you know, you, okay, you don't like Star Wars stuff? Don't worry. Come here. We've got The Simpsons or 24. You don't like, you don't like that stuff? Oh, you're coming for Star Wars? All right. Okay. Well, guess what? On Disney Plus, you've got Star Wars as well. But a movie can't do that. And I think this is the trap that the, the, the sequel trilogy fell into. 
you have to choose a side. You're either going to be a Star Wars film to be a Star Wars film, and if you don't want to watch Star Wars, you don't watch Star Wars. Or, and this is what I think they did with a sequel trilogy, you try and be a little bit of everything for everyone, and you try not to piss anyone off. But the problem with that is it's just like in business or in life or whatever. If you try and please everyone, you end up pleasing no one. If you're not for anyone, then you're not for anyone. And that's the problem now for me that Star Wars has. It didn't need to toe the line when it wasn't Disney. It could be unapologetically Star Wars. You know, love them all, love them. The prequels are unapologetically Star Wars. The sequels, you could have pulled the main characters out and stuck any character in. It wouldn't have mattered because... There was very little from the two, or the, two, the two saga trilogies before it that actually, if you really think about it, not much of those two sagas, the OT and the prequels, actually mattered in the sequel trilogy. Because we never got the payoff with Adam Driver's Kylo Ren following his grandfather's footsteps. Vader was never a big player. The Jedi weren't really big players because look what happened to Luke. So you could have taken the Rey character... And she didn't need to be a Jedi. She could have just been a very talented combatant. And you take Kylo Ren, someone who used to be a good person and became a bad person, but struggles with it. Didn't need to be Star Wars. Whereas everything else is hooked on the mythology of the Jedi and the Sith. If you think about it on film, the original trilogy, you open, almost open with, I fought alongside your father in the Clone Wars. He was a Jedi. What? What is a fucking Jedi? You know, and then you got Vader, who's a lord of dark, dark lord of the Sith, you know? And then Empire and Jedi followed suit. And it's called Return of the Jedi. You know, so everything was rooted there. Same in the prequels. You know, everything was Jedi, Sith, Jedi, Sith, Jedi, Sith. And sure, we can we can distill that and we can we can reduce that right down to good versus evil. It could be any good faction versus any bad faction, but it wasn't because they built the mythology. They built the mythology around a Jedi and the prophecy, around the way that the Jedi must conduct themselves in order to remain Jedi, you know, and that, and, 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 and it was Anakin's pinch point. You know, that was the problem. Whereas the sequel trilogy sort of didn't matter. It didn't need to be Jedi. It didn't need to be Sith. So it didn't always feel Star Wars-y. And that's not to say that you need the Jedi and the Sith for Star Wars to be good. Look at the Mandalorian. You know, the Mandalorian has been fantastic, but look at how it was elevated when the Jedi and Sith turned up. That's when we lost our shit. You know? When you look at things like Thrawn, when you look at things like um, some of the kind of filler canon stories that aren't Jedi, things like Lost Stars and they're not Jedi and Sith... They've got one of two things going on. They've got just great character relationship stories. You know, things like Lost Stars. It, it is all about the people. You know, it really, really is. And there's a few of those, some of the Claudia Gray books. Um, they're all about the people. And then you kind of go the other way. You've got Thrawn, who is just such a fascinating character that you possibly have got no chance in delivering him in a movie, which is why I think he's going to be on Disney Plus, because the complexity of a character like Thrawn, he's another Palpatine. You know, it took Palpatine in the prequels three movies and what, 12 years, 13 years? Plus the Plagueis book, if you count that as canon. 
<clears throat> you know, it, it, it took him all that time and three big movies just to show the smallest part of how complex he was. And then, a, you know, call it a handful of Clone Wars episodes that deal with him as the Lord of the Sith, plus his presence as Emperor Palpatine throughout the Empire. We've had a lot of that. And Thrawn is arguably more complex. So he's sort of doomed. You can't really do much with him in the movies unless you introduce him on the TV shows, which they're clearly going to do. And they need to take the time with that. They've got to take the time. You know, there's a reason that he's got two trilogies in the new canon, the Ascendancy stuff and the Throne stuff. And then there's a reason that he's got an old trilogy, obviously, in the in the, 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 the old Legend stuff. You know, he's a complex character. He's got so many episodes of Rebels. And all of that is canon. So <clears throat> this is the challenge that we are facing when it comes to Star Wars. In order for Star Wars to really hit the mark of Star Wars, it has to be Star Wars. Sitting on the fence ain't going to work. we got to be deep Star Wars, all right? Because that's what people come for. And it's hard to do that when you steer away from the Skywalker saga because they're still the biggest draws. They are. Because they are so associated with good and bad, light and dark, cowboy, samurai. They're so associated with that style of movie and storytelling. Which leads me to my final point, which is maybe Star Wars' best chance of succeeding again on the big screen is the High Republic. Now, the reason for that is twofold. You've got Jedi and you've got a really good bad guy or bad person, bad group in the Nihil. You have. And there's no Sith yet. There will be soon, I'm sure. But there's no Sith yet. You could tell some really interesting stories with the High Republic, but there is still an inherent danger. You still have danger there in that would people have had to have read the High Republic to understand what's going on? Because that's the mistake that they're making now in retrospect with the Rise of Skywalker. We've got to fill the gaps with books. So the High Republic is a danger zone. It's, it could be interesting, but it's a danger zone. But the, the, the best way of showcasing Star Wars as Star Wars is to show light and dark, good and bad. It's what we turn up for. All right? And the High Republic is doing that. But is it strong enough without the Skywalkers? Who knows? Are we going to see High Republic on the big screen? Yeah, I would have thought we'll see. We'll see something maybe on the big screen, certainly. On the small screen, I think there's a... That was the other That was the other TV show, wasn't it? Didn't they announce a High Republic thing? Um, <coughs> sure they did. Now, that leads me to one parting thought. Things that exist in the Star Wars universe that aren't light and dark, that aren't that cut and dry, that aren't Jedi and Sith. The Patty Jenkins movie, the Rogue Squadron, is it with Rogue Squadron? Top Gun in space. That's great. And it'll be good. But it still has the same risk. It's got the same risk as Solo and of, as Rogue One if A New Hope didn't exist which is Patty Jenkins could make an absolutely fantastic fighter movie. And it could have the best dogfights, the best effects, the best storyline. It could be a real character piece about, you know, maybe they'll adopt, adapt something like Lost Stars where it's two people that fall on the, the you know, separate sides of the, 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 the theological and, and, and ethical divide. 
But the problem with it is it says Star Wars on the tin. So whilst the sound effects and the X-Wings and the TIE Fighters and the Destroyers and the planets and the, the outfits and the music can feel Star Wars, are we conditioned subconsciously, internally as Star Wars fans to expect a Jedi, to expect a Sith, to expect the Force, to expect cameos and things that that that, that we want to see that let us know that we're in the Star Wars universe. And if so, are we too harsh on something like the Patty Jenkins movie because of it? You've got to think about that. It's a difficult thing because people come to Star Wars because they want Star Wars. They want Jedi, Sith, Light, Dark, Force, Skywalkers, good, bad, clarity. They want that. All right. So what do you think? You know, it's a difficult, difficult, difficult scenario to bring Star Wars successfully back to the big screen. That's my spin on it. That's my thought process. Who knows what we will end up with, but we're excited to find out. Let me know on Twitter, sparkrebellion.com slash Twitter, what your view is and what you would like to see on the big screen. Maybe I'm talking rubbish, more than likely. Let me know. What's your opinion? You know, let's have a a good chinwag over there on Twitter, sparkrebellion.com slash Twitter. Go ahead and join us over on Patreon as well. You can come and join the crew from as little as a dollar per month. I'll be back in the co-pilot seat next week. My main man, Gaz, will be back until then look after yourself and the force will be with you always always